0: Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. How you love me. We're going to be continuing on with 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. All right, so if you got your Bibles with you you and turn there, it's cool. If you don't, it's going to be behind me. But 1 John chapter 4 verses 1 through 6 is where we're coming from tonight. Now, Before I read the scripture, I want you to pay close attention to the scripture, okay? It is a confusing kind of scripture, but it's my job to try to explain it. So stick with me, please. Don't tune me out after you read the scripture. All right, the scripture goes as follows. Beloved, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming, and now is in the world already. And before I read verse 4 through 6, if you had any time in church, you've grown up in church, you've probably heard that word used, antichrist. And before you start thinking too in deep with it, what he's referring to there is believers and unbelievers, right? The spirit of antichrist is people who say that God is not Jesus, that Jesus is not real, he's not uh, not our Savior, he's not Lord. That's the spirit of the antichrist, antichristus, right? It's the antichrist. That the spirit of god is the people who say no 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 jesus was not only real; he's a savior he's my lord all right let's pick back up verse four little children you are from god and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he is in the world they are from the world therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them Hmm. (laughs) we are from god christians whoever knows god listens to us Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay? So tonight, guys, I kind of want to, you know, there's this psalm that says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. I kind of piggybacked off that kind of slogan. But I want us to come from the subject of let's test and see right let's test and see what is right let's test and see what is wrong the scripture tells us that that we have to that not believe every spirit to but to test the spirits to see what is real what is not because the reality is friends that the bible is very clear about this subject matter lamentation says let us examine and probe our ways and return to the lord self-examination to see where we are with the lord or without the lord This Bible is very clear about that, testing and seeing. The Bible also says somewhere else it says, test and see whether you're in the faith. So what does that tell us? It tells us that I can know with assurance if I am of God or I'm not. But there's only one way I can know that, if I test. It's the same thing when we hear things, when you hear people talk. When people are talking to you, it says, hey, the, the world listens to the world because they are of the world, right? We, we can see and know that the things that people are telling us are true or not. Because we test and see whether they are. Look, the goal, the goal of self-examination is not shame, friends. It's security. It's assurance. The, the goal of self-examination is not shame. If we examine ourselves and see that we never knew Christ, then that's not shame. That's conviction. The Bible says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We find conviction in him, but it's supposed to draw us to him. Look, I, I want to know, friends, and I hope you do too, whether I am know God or don't, you know. It's important. It should be the most important thing about us. What did Tozer say? A.W. Tozer, an author from the 20th century, he said, hey, the single most important thing about man is what he thinks about God. Hmm, it's pretty important. So let's test and see. If we are hearing or who we are listening to, like, are, are, are the things we're hearing, are, is it of God or is it of the enemy? Because it's only one or two ways, friends. And sometimes it's disguised as it's from God, but it's really not. And that's why we need help in this. So the whole the whole point of my sermon tonight, friends, is so you can see that we should test and see what we hear is to be true. Like, why should we? How do we? And what's the outcome of doing that? Basically, it's my three points tonight. Okay? So to illustrate this let me start off like you know I love history I went to school to be a historian and teach and stuff like that but I thought about this subject when I was thinking about this text and it was of the 49ers you know I'm not talking about the football team right does anybody know where the 49ers got their name from who said that the gold rush the San Francisco 49ers the California gold rush from the 1800s, all right? Now, I'm not your history teacher. Don't tune me out just yet. I got a point to make. Now, the, the thing is, though, friends, that in the 1800s, mid-1800s, there was tons of gold out in California. So people from everywhere in the world, Asia, Africa, from the East Coast and the Mississippi River, went westward to try to find gold. And they did. They found gold, a lot of it. People got rich, and some people got really broke uh, trying to find it. But here's the thing, though, friends. As they were looking in these rivers and panning this dirt and finding this gold, they come to find something, and it was the fact that they come to find that sometimes they find what looked like gold, but it really wasn't gold. Has anybody ever heard of fool's gold? You know, you go to, like, those places in Tennessee, and you can get it in little bags, right? And you are like, look, I got gold. And you're like, really, you don't? Because it's fool's gold. It looks like gold. It has the same weight as gold, but is it really gold? No, it has zero value. There's no value. So what these uh, miners did is they tried to find a way to test and see whether the gold is real or not. And so I know you guys probably wouldn't do this, and I I wouldn't suggest it, but they would find what was gold, right? Let's pay attention. They'd find what was gold, and they'd take it, and they'd bite it because gold is is soft, so it would bend with their teeth. But if they cracked a tooth, (laughs) it was not gold, right? It was fool's gold. Another trick they had, they had like a, a piece of white ceramic and they would take what was gold or what they thought was gold and scratch it on the white ceramic. And if it turned gold on the piece of white ceramic, then it was gold. But fool's gold would leave a green tint like that. You know, if you wear like fake gold on your neck, anybody ever done that? Like a fake gold necklace, and at leaves like a green mark on your neck. It's because it's not real. They found a way to test and see whether this thing that they had was real or not. Look, they, they, they relied on these tests to authenticate their findings, to see and test whether it's true or not. And spiritually speaking, we're not much different from those guys. We hear a bunch of stuff, maybe even we hear a bunch of stuff that's disguised as even Christian stuff. But if we did a test on it, if we bit it, it wouldn't bend. If we scratched it, it wouldn't be gold. Because what we're hearing and what we have is not real. You see, when we're confronted with different teachings, teachers and even our own ideologies, believers must be able to test and see what is right and what is wrong. What is of God and what is not of God. What's going to benefit us and what's not going to benefit us. You see, all that glitter is not gold and all that's disguised as even Christianity is not Christianity. And I know we're getting into some deeper territory here, but I hope you can cling to what I'm trying to say. Look, if it passed the test, if we we use the tools that we learned tonight, and we hear things and it passes the test, what we should do is we should embrace that, right? We should embrace those Christian doctrines that we see that passes the test, and, and, and we should apply them to our life. But what we shouldn't do, friends, is when we, do the, past, do the test on what we're learning and reading and finding from people and hear people talking about, and it doesn't pass the test, man, we have got to throw that away. We've got to throw that away. So the first thing that I want to point out is, like, why should we test and see? The reason behind this whole thing is, like, what we learn, though, friends, is, is, is it affects us. Like, you might not think it does and i heard somebody say like you know show me your friends i'll show you your future that kind of stuff you know it's kind of corny but it's true but what we learn affects us it changes us it it molds us into who we are look at the millions of people in college right now who started college christians but now are not why because what they learned affected them and they didn't know how to test and see if it was true so guess what they were deceived they were manipulated. They conformed to the enemy instead of to our risen Savior. Because they were manipulated. They were deceived. Friends, look, we have a way to resolve that issue. You don't have to be deceived. It's an evil thing, deception is. Because when you're deceived, you think it's everybody else, right? I know when I, when I, when I was a, uh, not a Christian, I was an atheist. In um, 2015... 2010 to 2015, I didn't believe in God. And the thing I thought, friends, is that those that did were the deceived ones. It's funny how the enemy will conform your mind to what he wants you to think. That's why scripture says those who are of the world hear of the world and they believe it because they're of the world. I was deceived for so long. But deception is a trick of the evil one. Look, the reason that we test What we hear in accordance to God's word is so that we may not be deceived by the evil one, but instead cling to what is right, what is good, what is for us, what is is to nurture us. But we cannot do those things if we don't decipher between the two. Look, I'm going to tell myself for a second, a little story. And remember, this is my B.C. days, okay, my before Christ days. So when I say that, that means do not model what I did before I met Jesus. All right? So before I met Jesus, I I, I was in class one time, and I, and then somebody in my class, y'all ever had this situation where you're in class, and somebody leans over, and they're like, hey, are you ready for that test? And you're like, hmm. <sighs> what test? <laughs> Today? Yeah. That happened? Have you ever, anybody show hands? Have you ever happened to anybody? Hey, I got some prepared people out there, too. Let me tell you, friends, my BC days were a struggle. I was not prepared for anything. And so I did what any pagan would do. I would desire to cheat, okay? And I had this person that I knew, and he said he had the test. And so I went and I got the test, and I wrote down all the answers under my sleeve, right? And again, this is my before Christ days. Don't go and say, Pastor Cade said I could cheat on my science test. I didn't say that, okay? I didn't say that. But I did it. So I, I get in the test, and I, I sit down, and I kind of pull my sleeve up, and do the whole, like, you know the whole thing like this. just kind of looking at it, and um, and I wrote down all the answers real quick. Pop, 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 turned it in. I was like one of the first ones done. I was looking around at everybody like they were dumb. You know, you guys are still taking this test, and I was cocky, man. I was arrogant. I was ready, and it wasn't because I was prepared. It's because I cheated, right? And um, and the next day I come to class and I'm like, yeah, I'm about to make an A on this test. I mean, I wrote down like an idiot every right answer i didn't even skip one to try to make it throw her off right i just wrote down every right answer and she hands me the test and i made a 28. i bombed it a 28. you see i trusted the person who gave me the information but i didn't really test and see if it was true okay like, i could have in theory i could have grabbed my textbook and kind of looked and seen oh that makes sense that makes sense oh this is the right thing but I just grabbed the test. I went straight to the answers and wrote the answers down. I, I didn't see whether it was true or not. I, I just took the answers down and trusted that this guy, you know, he wasn't like some guy living under a bridge. He was my peer, right? I just figured he had the answers. I trusted that this person was correct. And guess what it got me? In trouble. A 28 <laughs> to get correct, which my mother was a teacher and she was not pleased with. See, I hope you're getting the point here. I hope you're getting the point here. You see, sometimes we take things that people say as gospel truth. Like what they say must be the truth just because they got the name pastor in front of them, or just because they have a leadership ability, or just because they're the title of mom or dad. And don't get me wrong, you're supposed to respect and love your mom and dad, but sometimes they're wrong. That's just the truth, friends. And sometimes I'm wrong. But it's up to you to decipher what is right. God has given each one of you the special ability, the, 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 the competence to do that, if you are in Christ, that is. You see, I took what he said to be concrete evidence, true, and it was not. I failed. And friends, there are so many things out there that we listen to and we think is true, and it just is not. It could be worldly stuff. People say, hey, you know, if you, if you, if you do this with this person, then they will really genuinely love you. Man, that's of the world, man. That's of the world. Or or even it's disguised as Christianity, but really it's just evil. And and it's up to us. Friends, if you didn't know that, that is the truth. And we can go into much more detail in that if you want to have a one-on-one conversation with me about that. But that is the truth. The Bible tells us that there are people and there are tares that are sowed amongst the wheat. You see, the thing about a tear, friend, you know, wheat, wheat was used, they, they harvested the wheat, they made bread from the, fl- they made flour and they made bread. It was a huge part of their diet. But the thing is, friends, when people grew wheat, sometimes there was something else that would grow up in the middle of it and it was called tares. Now, tares looked like wheat, but it bared no fruit. It, it was not real. And friends, there, the Bible says that the evil one has sown tares amongst the wheat, what he means by that, he is, he is placed in churches, he is placed in communities of believers, people who look real, people who carry their Bible, but on the inside of their heart, it's crooked, it's dark, and it's cold. They're of the evil one. Now it's up to us, though, to decide if we should listen to that person, if, if they're wheat or if they're tares. He also says in the Bible that there's goats among sheep. You know, I kind of mentioned this on a a, a post I shared earlier this week, but it don't matter. The thing is, is, the reference is sheep, right? The Bible tells us, hey, when I speak, the sheep will hear my voice. So sheep are believers. And the Bible says that goats are unbelievers. But sometimes goats and sheep dwell together. And it's for us to find out which is which. Look, friends, we have a reason to test things, and it's so that we know what is true is true. And we know what is wrong is wrong. And so that way we know what to listen to and what not to listen to. But if we are not testing anything, then guess what? We are taking everything that we hear as just concrete truth. And let me tell you, that'll get you a 28. (laughs) That won't get you far in life. That'll get you to college, and then you'll be deceived, and you'll find that you really don't believe in God anymore because you listen to a professor rather than the Spirit of God where you'll find yourself getting involved in bad relationships and doing things you're not supposed to do because you listened to a guy or a girl who was wrong and you didn't test it to see if it was real. So let's talk about what's next. We got a reason to test, but there's a method to it too, friends. There's a method to it too. You see, a Christian must have a tool belt full of the tools they need test the bible tells us specifically when we're talking about the armor of god you know you've been learning that if you've been in the church for a while you've been learning about the armor of god and especially if you were in kids church and they probably put on a little helmet on you or something and made you hold a shield or something like that and it's all fun and games but it's real and the bible tells us that we have a sword of the spirit which is what god's word the sword of the spirit it is my tool that i use to test it's not my opinion. It's not what my and and it's not what I've been taught by even family members. I don't want to get too much on that. It's what God's word says. That's it. I can move on to the next point now. I'm not going to. But that's it. That's it. It, we test and see whether something is real or whether something is not real purely by one thing, and that's because it's the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word, a sword of the Spirit which cuts beneath and into the things. It deciphers between the bones and the marrows. What does that mean? It gets into the heart of me and decides whether I have the right intentions or the wrong intentions. What does it do? It helps me test things. It helps me see what's right, what's wrong. Look, if I go out in the woods, Jax was asking me a second ago, hey, you, we going to go turkey hunting this year? Heck, we are. You know we are. But if I go out in the woods and, and, and we're out there kind of late calling in a turkey and now I'm on the backside of this creek that I haven't really been on before and I find, I'm like, where am I? <laughs> how am I going to get out of here? I know this 700 acres. I've been on it three years, but I've gotten to a place where I've never been before. Look, friends, if I have the right tools, then I know how to get back to where I came from. If I have a compass, I can find where I, where I was, Right? I know that I parked on the north side of the lease. If I find a compass, I just walk north, and I'll eventually get to that road. Right? Look, friends, we have a compass in our life. We have a compass that points true north every time. We have a compass that will always lead us back to where we need to be. And that compass is God's word. It's the word that comes from him. It's our Bible. It's all. And you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, friends, The Bible tells us in Hebrews, hey, listen to the things in which you have heard, lest you drift away from it. How do I continue to listen? I read what he said. How do I hear from God? I read what he said. Like Justin Peter says, if I want to hear him audibly, I'll read the Bible out loud. He has spoken enough to get you where you need to go. Listen to him. He has given you a true north to guide you. Look, the word of God, friends, is our divine compass in life and will only lead us back to where we need to be out of confusion and into good teaching. God's word is sufficient. It will lead you away from the goats and towards the sheep. It'll make you see what's the wheat and what's the tare. You see what I'm saying here, right? It'll help you to completely understand what God is trying to teach you it will give you a genuine picture of Jesus Christ rather than some contorted perception that we have made up ourselves or that somebody has taught us of who he is, that he is not who he is. And if our God is not the God of the Bible, then he is merely an idol. I know that's hard to hear, but I would not want to make the God of the Bible an idol if it's not the God of who he says he is. Look, friends, we have a reason to test it so we know what's right, what's wrong, but we also have a method to test, and it's our compass. It's our sword of the Spirit. It's God's Word. It's God's Word. And thanks be to God that he also gives you something else. He gives you mentors. Look, look around in here, and you see the leaders in here. You see the leaders in here that have been divinely placed here but by God to lead you and guide you and direct you, and they are going to do their best ability to use God's Word to do that. You have been given mentors in your life in, in, in addition to God's word to help guide you, to help you know what's right and what's wrong. Look, friends, if you text me and say, hey, is this a real perception of God? I would be over the moon to answer that question. If you want to know the deeper things of who God is, man, come to Sunday school. Me and Harper are are preaching like a theology class on Sunday schools, and it's fun, and it's helpful, and it helps you depict a good, perfect, real picture of who Jesus is. Look, God's given you his word, sufficient, but thanks be to God he's given you people too. Find the right mentors in your life that you can trust. Test and see what they say is true, and if it is, cling to it, friends, and cling to them. So the third thing I want to mention, though, is we, we have a reason to test. We have a method to test. But what's the result of that? What is the result if I do these things? If You know, Kay up here. He's talking for 30 minutes. I, it's hard for me to pay attention to him. But what is the result of doing these things that he said? Well, I've already mentioned, you know, if you want to make sure you get to college or the, the workforce and you stick to who God is, then we need to stick to what he said. But the result, the outcome of using God's word to test what we hear is a more honest and biblical interpretation of who he is. It, it, it proves the narrative that he has not only for this world but for you, friends. There's a biblical narrative in the scriptures that, that points directly to who God is and who he's called you to be. But guess where it's Guess where it is? Not where it is. Where it is? It's in God's word. You want to know what he has planned for your life? Talk to him. You 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 want to know what he has said about you already and the promises he's made towards those who believe in him? Read what he said. Test and see, and the result is always going to be a better interpretation of who he is. Look, I graduated high school in 2011. (laughs) So I said, dang, I'm not going to pick out who that was. But I graduated high school in 2011, went straight into college, Right. And if you didn't pick up on the picture from the first illustration about me cheating on that test, let me just go ahead and clarify. I wasn't a good student, <laughs> okay? I had my, my priorities all wrong. I didn't believe in Jesus. I was partying and living a life that looked like hell. I, I, I was just in a bad spot, right? And I got to school, and I had the perfect opportunity. I was given a full scholarship. I was going to go uh, cheer at Jones. And I got there, man, and I dropped the ball, dropped it. Look, I was kicked out within three months. I, I failed a, a drug test twice which kicked me off the cheerleading team and i failed to attend classes which got me kicked out of school okay and and then i and then for the next five years i lived a life that was completely contrary to the to the call of christ on my life I was completely opposite to what god has called me to but in 2017 i went back and the real reason I went back is because I saw my wife going to college, and I was like, what am I going to do? And, and so I went back in 2017, but I was different then. I wasn't the man I was in 2011, or the, the boy I was in 2011. I was deceived in 2011. In 2017, I was born again. I was a new man. And I made a dedication that said, I will not be who I was before. And look, so I I go to college in 2017. I decided for myself that I'm not going to be that same punk anymore. And let me tell you, look, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'm not the brightest color in the box. You know, I'm not. But you know what I was? I was disciplined. I was disciplined. And anybody that has discipline in their life can do what they need to do. They can graduate college. They can go into the workforce. they They can learn a skill. Discipline is what got me. Far in college, I went from being a man that was kicked out, that I was suspended from having any type of financial aid because of my. I had a 1.4 GPA at Jones County Junior College. I don't know if you know what that means, but that means an F. All right? It's terrible. All right, it's absolutely terrible. By the time I left Jones, I pulled that 1.4 to a 3.7, okay, which means I made A's on everything. I got the USM and my started fresh right had a 4.0 at usm into my last semester and i'm not talking about myself i'll clarify in just a second i'm not patting myself on the back but what did that do the discipline that i that i'd applied in my life friends i i, I finally got a scholarship to usm i didn't have to pay a, a lick of college because i was chosen as the number one student in the history department at usm i was given a special scholarship i ended up graduating with a 3.9 was I that smart no I was disciplined, friends. See, the result of testing what you hear and investing in your tool, which is God's word, is a better understanding of who he is. See, I I was not the student that I was in 2011. Why? Because I tested myself. I applied myself. I used the textbooks and the teachings. I took hundreds of pages of notes. I did what I needed to do to know what I needed to know. And friends, The entryway into salvation is by faith and faith alone. You didn't do nothing to deserve that. But now that you're here, you should have the desire to be disciplined, to know who he is, and to want to grow and know more. And look, you as a high schooler are not going to be, you know, you're not going to know now what you know 10 years from now, but that should be a goal that I test to see what's true and what's not. And after I do, I discipline myself to be who he's called me to be. Friends, if we are not applying ourselves to the disciplines, let me tell you one thing for sure you will not conform yourself to the image of the Son. If we're not praying, worshiping, reading our Bible, we will not look like Jesus. That's what I said in Hebrews a second ago. Teach yourself, listen to what you've heard. What was the last part? Lest you drift away from it. And I know that I've drifted before. But thanks God, thanks be to God that He gave grace in our life to brought us back towards Him. Look, in, tr- in, in short, we become closer to the truth by testing and see what is right and what is wrong, and the truth is Jesus and Jesus alone. So if you want to look like Jesus, if you want to conform to His Son, which, which is what you're called to do, let's not be conformed to the image of the world, but be transformed. And the ruining of our mind in Christ Jesus, what Romans 12 tells us. If we want to do those things, man, we got to start testing and seeing what we're hearing is true. And we do that through God's Word and God's Word alone, through peers that, that and through uh, mentors that love us and care for us and shepherd us and, and teach us what God's Word truly says. Now, to close, I, I want to hit back at this one scripture one more time, and then we're going to close. Verse 4 says, Little children, You are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. When the writer of Hebrews says little children, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to saints, talking to Christians, talking to believers. All those mean the same thing. (laughs) He's talking to people who believe in Jesus. And he says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them meaning the spirit of the Antichrist, meaning the world. For he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. Look, friends, if I didn't make that addition here, then it would be all about what you can do to try to test and see what is right. But the scripture here tells us that it's not about what we have, the knowledge that we have on our own. It's about who dwells within us. It's about about Jesus, the, 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 the Savior of our wretched hearts, dwelling within us. Look, if we're children of God, then we have power to overcome. The Bible tells us that He didn't give us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power, of boldness, and a sound mind. I don't know about you, but I need those things. I need a power that comes from not of myself. I need a boldness that comes from the Spirit of God living within me. I need a sound mind, a sober mind, a clear mind, so that way I can do the work that God's called me to do and not believe the lies that the enemy tells me. But friends, that is made available to us. You are not alone trying to do these things. You are not alone trying to figure out these things. Look, if we are children of God, we have the ability and the power to do this. Why? Because it doesn't come from us. It comes from the God within us. Friends, we have the ability, if you are Christian, to test and see what the Spirit is. To move yourself towards Christ. There's some of us in here that have made a commitment, a a faith profession in Christ. They've walked through the entryway of his kingdom, and then they stopped right there. I'm going to ask you tonight. I'm going to ask you tonight to pick it up where you left it and walk with him. That you do not have to be like the spirit of this world, but you can through the power of his Holy Spirit. Be victorious over the enemy let's pray jesus you're good we thank you lord for uh the clarity of scripture even through hard text we thank you lord that uh that you would teach us these things but my my desire lord is not these these kids to to hear it and merely hear it but apply it to their lives Lord, my desire is not to hear that just they have faith in Christ, but why they have faith in Christ. So I I pray, Lord, that, that in the days, weeks, months, and years to come, that you would shape them and mold them into your image. And that they know that it would only come through the disciplines like praying, reading your word, and study. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are going to have some people, our leaders are going to be around the room. If you need to talk to somebody that's specific to, maybe specific to what we talked about tonight, or maybe a specific prayer, they're here for you. If I can get my leaders to kind of stand around this, the sides of the room, they're here for you, okay? So feel free to go get one of them now in five minutes, whenever, all right? We're going to put on some music while you write down your prayer.